hope you're hungry because you're listening to Everybody Eats. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Everybody Eats podcast. Man, if you notice anything different, if you guys are watching, we finally got you in person. So we can do these episodes in person instead of that three-way Zoom calls and whatnot. So we're excited for today's episode. We have a really special guest uh, joining with us today. We are here with Mr. Mouse Jones. Thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. For those listening, make sure you're following us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there, everybody eats. Check out our Instagram page, that's everybodyeats.pod. That's where we have all our clips, snippets, posts, and all that good stuff. And obviously, make sure you follow us on Twitter, on EVEpod. We've changed our handle a few times, but that's our latest one, EVEpod, on Twitter. So make sure that you're following us. Um, and one last shout out, yo, for these beautiful hoodies and t-shirts and Black Lives Matter t-shirt styles for Sosa. We had him on the podcast and we've been working with him along with Chelsea. He's been making um, our Black Lives Matter gear as well as our Everybody Eats gear. So shout out to Sosa um, from Hood Royalties. He's been putting us a lot of work. So again, we got to shout out and support Black business. So that's today's intro. So, Mr. Mouse Jones, um, if you could introduce yourself, where you're from, what do you do? Um, you know, you got a lot of things going on with your podcast and show like that. So, if you could just introduce what do you do, all your all your little projects and stuff like that, and you could get everyone from that. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Mouse Jones, a.k.a. the heartthrob, a.k.a. the man who puts the jux in juxtaposition, uh, better known as the host of Trap Karaoke, better known as one-third uh, of the uh guys next door conglomerate host of quarantine nightly um i've been a, i've been a few places a few times that's really it i ain't doing nothing too special gotcha gotcha so um you're talking about quarantine nightly so the first the first segment we want to talk about is quarantine so just in general um i think at this point quarantine is starting to come to a close um so i'm interested like how has quarantine impacted you personally on a personal level, I know it impacted everybody a little bit differently, just like staying from home, things like that. So how has it impacted you personally as well as, you know, all your, all your different podcasts and things like that? Um, I mean, me personally, quarantine ain't really bothering me. I'm, I'm somebody that's going to be, I'm going to be all right. Um, I'm going to be all right regardless. You put me, you know, you put me, I, I'm used to being on punishment growing up. Growing up, <laughs> in my room by myself, I'll find a piece of land and play with it, you know what I mean? So, uh that ain't really affected me in no kind of way. Uh, it, it actually probably had like more of a positive um, benefit because you know I've I've been quarantined back on Long Island. Um, I haven't been around my family like this oof, for a very long time. So, uh, you know, getting reacclimated with my fam, my mom, my dad, and just you know seeing that funny interaction of, yo, how like I'm mad old and like realizing like my parents just don't close doors like the door will be closed and you come in somewhere and you won't close the door. Like, <laughs> what is your problem with closing the door back the way you found it? Like, <laughs> like that, you know, and getting to know my kids um, a lot, a lot better, you know, because being on the road with Trap Karaoke and just, you know, the various things I was doing over the past three years, I ain't really had no time to really be home like this. So um, I'm taking that, like, even like I said right now, like I'm working out with my daughter right now and, you know, just trying to instill uh, discipline and, and you know work ethic in and now um so yeah it, it's had some positive benefits um obviously there's been a negative loss uh lost my uncle uh lost some lost some close family members um friend, friends of the family um 
but you know it really just instilled a, a, a go hard a go home work ethic right like if you could if you could get it in quarantine then you you were a hustler you know what i mean that's really what i've uh went out of my way to prove to myself that i could do um you know hence quarantine nightly you know yeah. came out of just being at the crib and after i lost my uncle i'm like nah nigga like you gotta do something yeah. you know what i mean so uh yeah that, that's really it that's really quarantine in a nutshell you know getting used to this fucking Masks and all these fucking masks all over. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to the car for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess you. I Would guess you it. say uh, quarantine nightlies? How you overcame your? Um, I feel like everybody's had it, but like your quarantine slump. Um. I don't know if I had one. My pockets might have had one. <laughs> <laughs> but me personally, I don't. I don't I don't ever really, I don't subscribe to that thought process being in a slump. That takes a certain level of acceptance that I, that's just not in me. You know, that to accept the slump is to accept that you are okay with losing. I'm never okay with losing. So, um, like I said, it's definitely set me back financially. Um, but, you know, other, I'm going to find a way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, nah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't speak to that just because like I said I don't I don't subscribe to that type of thinking. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Nah, it's good. It's good. That's a good question though. That's a really good question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I was gonna say that that's really good to hear though. Like overall, um, obviously like yeah, quarantine like it's had or like this whole COVID like you know I, I know people who lost loved, loved ones as well. Like it, it's definitely had that like negative impact. But like being able to hear that. You know, just using the time to get closer to the family and, and things like that. Like, 100%, like, I, I agree. Like, it's giving me time to get closer, even, like, to my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Like, being able to just, like, speak to her more because I risk, right? And, like, you know, you start to really appreciate, like, yo, like, people people were dropping, especially in New York. Like, people were dropping, like, flies. Like, you know, yeah. you got to stay close oh, to your family. Shit. You got to, yeah. Felt like a horror movie at one point. Yeah, for real. So, um, definitely, definitely blessed for you know, my, my family and media family and like baking and baking and stuff like that. Um, have you been watching sports? Like, uh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so, regard, I know like NBA just came back about like a month ago. So, like, we, we, we about to lose it again. God, yeah. <laughs> White people fuck up some shit, man. Listen. <laughs> Word. So, like, before, before, so that, like, before, like, in, in terms of NBA playoffs, like, you have a team who you root for. Uh, somebody just asked me. Somebody asked me yesterday. Somebody uh, was interviewing me. They asked me that shit. I was like, I'm a Knicks fan, yo. Like, so yeah. I just enjoy basketball. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really have a t and in the team that I do typically go for in, in the playoff. They 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 tend to embarrass me. Um, but I don't wanna uh, I don't wanna mess up any political connect. So I won't say the name of that team, but. Y'all could just look at the playoff race and look who's not there. And <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan too. So to be honest, it's like, nah, it, it hurts. Not. Yeah, you just got to be a fan of basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 At this point. But nah, but like, I don't know, like, he, people been balling. Like, Luka Doncic, he's been, he's been doing his thing, but he's been balling crazy. Um, Black Lives Matter. That's what I would like to say in regards to Luka Doncic. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see but I've been looking, um, I wanted to see the Blazers do, like, I, after the Blazers won that first game, I was like, yo, they really might get the Lakers around for their money, and all right. LeBron came back. Dane. The one game, I'm saying, Dane. yeah. Dane. Oh, Dane, 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 Dane. 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 Nah, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Carmelo fan, so, like, I want to. Yeah. Um, no, 
Brown. I want to see him do well. So, like, I like seeing them two play together and all that. But, like, LeBron came back, you know, after those games, and LeBron's not playing any games going to come through the playoffs. So, it, it might go. If the season continues, it's about to be Lakers in five, more likely than not. But, um, so, before we, before we end this, uh, this one, like, are you looking forward to, or is there anything in particular as quarantine has been like lifting and it's like, looks like it's coming to a close soon, but we're obviously we're still in there, but is there anything maybe you're, you're looking forward to specifically once hugs. things get back to normal? Hugs, man, hugs. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> like hugs, like, yeah. like seeing your mans and being like, yo, my nigga. Like I can't wait to be, back at trap karaoke and, and like just being on stage like if you survive covid make some motherfucking noise <laughs> Yo, i promise you when this shit is lifted i'm gonna wild on covid like <laughs> i'm gonna wild on them like i'm flipping on covid Nah, that's for real though. Like, in a, how many years from now we gonna look back like, yo, we survived? Like, this is a test, but I was right here. Yeah, <laughs> yo, we telling my kids like the great pandemic of 2020, like we made it out. Like, really surviving it is for real, like a thing. You know, like being being grateful for it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, I don't know. I would say like one thing I really miss, like yo, movie theaters, yo, like. Oh, man, I didn't even think about yo. My nigga, I go to the movies by myself. Yo. Miss that, son. Like, yo, for real, like, it was me, me, Elam, and then our boy, Alan, like, like, back when, like, senior year and stuff like that, like, we used to always hit up this, this, this movie theater by the school. Like, that was, like, the regular, like, whenever every we Every Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday, we out. Every we out Tuesday. to Queens to go watch this movie. Like, like we knew yeah. it. Like, Fresh Meadows AMC, like, that was the spot. Like, oh, wow. Like, now, now, like, AMC, you sneaky like, bitch like, up like there. yeah. I'd be able to go. Like, that's definitely one thing I miss. But, yo, know, 15, like, they're supposed to come back with the 15, 15 cent movies. They say AMC may come back with their 15 cent movies. Yeah, but I fuck with the um I fuck with everybody's creativity. You know, it's definitely giving you a chance to experience some fun shit like the uh the drive-in movie theater out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna say the one I go to because you know I don't wanna make it hot. <laughs> there's there's some in New York, then there's the one in Newark. I, I wanna go to the one in Newark that's all black. I'm gonna go to that one. Gotcha, gotcha. I was able to see uh Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and okay. scream on, at that shit. So get fired. I gotta look up for this area to see if that one maybe open. But I'm trying to see tenant, tenant that looks good, Chris. So we'll see, we'll see. But all right. So on that note, let's go to our next segment. Um, trap karaoke, guys next door. If you could explain what is got, what is trap karaoke? What is guys next door? And Quarantine nightly. If you just speak about like those, your role in them, how they started, your roles, and all that stuff. All right. So um, let's go down the list. So trap karaoke. Um. So trap karaoke is literally the greatest show on earth. Um. And then they added me and became the greatest show in the universe. Um. Uh. So it's it's basically it's it's what it sounds like, right? It's just one big sick, one big black ass sing along. Um, you know, I say about 20 to 25 people get on that stage tonight, but I make sure everybody feels like they was on stage, you know, we're singing and we're dancing and we are just literally reveling in our blackness. We're literally celebrating being black and not letting nobody tell us how to be black. Um, 
So that's really what trap karaoke is. Uh, they have been running for about four four years before I got there. Um, and the funniest part is I've been a supporter since like the beta, right? Like when they first tested it out, I remember getting an email, um, getting invited and I went and me and my friends, like we were just niggas about it. So like, you know, uh, the, the, the previous host, he wasn't big on letting guys up. And I, I understood that. Um, one second. You gotta get him in shape. Um, <laughs> they be on that iPad all the time, son. She's 13. She be on that iPad all the time. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I told her, I said, you gonna earn that. You gonna earn that iPad time now. Like, I don't, you ain't gonna touch that. You gonna be tight. You gonna, you gonna fling that iPad when we done. <laughs> Do it. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll say, yeah. So I got, um, so me and my homeboy was just being niggas. So we was like, nah, what you ain't gonna let us on? So we gonna wild out from the crowd. And then people remember that obviously. And then because we were, you know, it is in New York and we were prevalent on Twitter at the time. People would just remember that. And uh, then when the first official one came out in Brooklyn, we all, I remember like everybody was excited. We all pulled up on it. I think the tickets was like $5 or something. So like niggas was like, it was a real event. I remember like there just being like this palpable um, feeling yeah. amongst amongst New York like for this first one and it was like I bet and I went we, we did the same exact thing and I made a lot of connections that led to a lot of important things for me that night so I just from the very beginning trap karaoke has always had a special place and it's like one of those full circle moments that always happens in my career trap karaoke always held a special place to me um and I remember I would hit the nigga up um Jason I'll hit him he's like that's my big brother now he's um, my boss too um but I would always hit him up like yo you should let me host I'm nice, let me host. And my name was getting big in the city. He would pay, he would pay, like pay it dust. He would not pay no mind to what I'm saying, like leave messages on red, none of that. Um, and then you fast forward four years, you know, and and I'm literally what I say I am. I'm the best host in New York City. Um, you know, I I host the Staples Center, the BT weekend. I'm hosting all these grand stages. Um and then he reaches out, um, has me come out in Philly, which I think he already knew. I had a very, you know, I had a very tight and insulated fan base in Philly. Um, you know, Philly people didn't even know. I just popped up. It went crazy. And I, I was on tour from that point. Um, so when it became trap karaoke with Mouse Jones. So, uh, you know, uh, just being able to be in all these places and touch all these black people and, you know, take all these pictures with all these people that, and to like, it's one thing to be on social media and see like fans and things of that nature every day, you know, shout out to them, shout out to the people that, that fuck with me the way they do. It's one thing to wake up every day and see 10, 20 messages a morning of people just showing love and, you know, um, obviously the hate, I don't pay, them, pay that shit no mind, but like, there's just so much love and it's like, so if somebody like me, that shit don't mean nothing, it's internet. But to see it in person, see the way people react to me in person, yeah, that's just crazy. Um, so that's trap karaoke. Um, and then uh, guys next door actually came about me, Mac Wilds, and Ryan. Uh, we're, we're we're real we're friends in real life. Um, we all were turning thirty. Um, me and Ryan actually have the same birthday. Both our birthdays April fifteenth. So we all realized yeah we turning thirty, and we realized the conversations we was having was like no matter where we would be at Dumbo House the hood spot, the hood change, no matter what conversation we had, everybody's in it. Everybody's like, 
you know, paying attention. So uh, there was a conversation um, and then we started Guys Next Door, um, you know, a, a health podcast, you know, for everything, you know, to, to everything to have a healthy life. Um, and we've seen that, right? We've seen it. It gives women an insight to how we think, gives niggas a, a, a sounding platform, um, you know, it, to, to see where we started a year and a half ago to, and to look where we ended up six months after that to now where we're at. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing to see, um, you know, Roots Picnic. That's within our first couple of months, right? Like we were still figuring out our voice as a podcast when we booked Roots Picnic. Um, then Curl Fest to have the moment at Curl Fest. And, um, and I think a lot of that is obviously me as that A mic and, you know, directing traffic. But a lot of that goes to uh, Max ability to not care right to have a, a a-list celebrity um as your friend i think sometimes we take for granted um because you're like oh, man, that nigga. but for him to be as candid and as open that's the only way this works yeah right like that's the only way this works um is is where i don't feel like or where the audience doesn't feel like i have to interview him every, every episode where we're actually having open uh dialogue that's the only way this works and you know kudos to him um and, and I, I think just overall the learning process i think people love to listen to people learn people love listening to you learn um and that's my advice to all podcasters um people love listening to you learn so always even if you're a podcast that's based on like fucking banter and and just bullshit if people feel like they're listening to you learn they feel like they're learning and they're gonna they're gonna pay attention um so shout out to the neighborhood shout out to guys next door shout out to all the guests that's been on i believe city girls was the last episode no harder soft the harder soft podcast was the last episode so shout out to tahoe and orlando then the week before that we had uh the city girls so shout out to them for you know pulling up um and in quarantine nightly um i i went into this quarantine just very uh focused on paying attention to what I wanted my my uh, my return to outside to look like. And, it, you know, it very easily came to me saying, stretch it out right here. Um, it, it came it came to me like, you want to end up, my, my end goal is to be on Good Morning America, right? How do I get there? I got to have a resume. So I said, well, what if I let people hear how it would sound if I had my own night show, my own nightly news show? And I did it. And, you know, 250,000 <laughs> listens later, um, and I haven't recorded one episode over the summer. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, three months of doing that. You know, um, I, I did take a break because I did want to kind of separate it from quarantine. Because I do want it to be something that exists after and, and, and beyond. Um, but yeah, quarantine nightly. Shout out to my writing team. Shout out to Dez. Shout out to Just Latasha. Um, two super hysterical and, and, and great writers that I was able to tap for that, that first run. Um, but we'll be back and um, it'll be different and it'll be as good, if not better. So, um, you, you said- I hope I'm not ranting. No, 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 You said something interesting. You said um, people want to hear you learn. Could you kind of like elaborate on that? Like what, what exactly do you mean by, what, what, what do you mean by, I guess like you listeners want to hear you learn and like, I guess like how have you learned, you know, like examples like- Yeah, like what does that look like? Yeah, like what's um, that? Okay, so the best way I can paint it is uh 
I'm not one of these people who believe my own hype, right? I'm very analytical of other success in my own. So what does that mean? That means I can tell you, I can pinpoint exactly why people love me and why certain people love me, right? So a lot of my success is attributed to my my being on a cat being a cast member on the grapevine because it gave a stark juxtaposition to the he-man woman haters club yeah as you should take a shower funky butt okay um my fault i thought i muted it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so the he-man woman haters club very 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 uh male dominated male energy me and reek was just saying the first thing that came to mind and you know in the beginning definitely we're not as responsible with the platform as i should have been um but you know that goes to the knowledge and then i got on grapevine and realized whoa there's a whole nother sector of people that i'm not touching so now i'm here having these political debates and i'm having these um, socioeconomical debates and I become a, a pundit what I always wanted to be but I, I found the voice there and in that I learned I did not come there were certain things that I didn't learn there was just certain things that I always felt a way about but no one ever asked and there was never a way to me for me to display so a lot of people will say in the grapevine um, YouTube comment like yo I just love Mouse's growth uh, there wasn't really no growth just nobody asked me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But there was so much that I learned, and I think everybody sees it from a genuine standpoint that I literally want to learn. If there's something that I am um, opposed to, it may be out of ignorance, sheer me not knowing, the sheer definition of ignorance without knowledge. I'm just ignorant to it. I want to learn. I want to get this. I want to understand. I think once people start seeing that, um, I think there was a genuineness that people latched onto, which followed my other endeavors um so if you take people who would not be into fashion would not be in the streetwear would not be in the sneakers but they trust me and they 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 watched me learn now they're gonna let me learn them something so you take those grapevine um fans and then they come over to the clubhouse then they come over to uh 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 i'll apologize later my bet show then they come over to um, Colorways and Toe Boxes, my other BET show. And then they come over to Tunnel Takedown, my fashion show on Complex. Um, I'm weaving these people and I'm picking them up all because I was willing to learn publicly. A lot of black males in the public eye don't want to seem weak or don't want to not have the answer. That's my superpower. I just gave y'all that. I, I, I just, I didn't, I, I don't like giving out my superpower, but that's my superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Always being in a position to be willing to learn. Yeah. My superpower, my biggest, I think my biggest, um, my biggest uh, 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 attribute is never being afraid to say, I don't know, show me. Well, I don't know, tell me. I don't know this, tell me. Enlighten me. Um, And, you know, I, I so that's why I say, People love to listen to you learn. People will listen to you learn and feel like they've learned. And then they will take your name to other places. I, I can co-sign the, uh, in terms of 
uh, you started off with the stark contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, your podcasting and Grapevine. Yeah, when I first, I saw you on Grapevine first, and then I started following um, more recently Guys Next Door. And I listened to an episode of Quarantine Nightly and just seeing the difference, I guess, in terms of um, how you are on both platforms. But then, um, you know, I put, I don't know if I put you on or you put me on and we both found it, but uh, we both watching Grapevine from years back. And just seeing, especially uh, more towards these um, socioeconomic episodes, just right. seeing, uh, you know, um, you made a comment about, um, I mean, and it's always stuck with me, uh, a white woman with a gun is more dangerous. No, a white, a, woman, with a white woman with an agenda is more dangerous than any uh, black man with a gun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that that's something that was like, ringing in my head my personal time during quarantine you know uh with the recent events that happened it kind of had me fucked up a little bit for for like two weeks or so and then hearing that kind of you know helped a little bit uh in terms of uh giving me perspective towards the whole thing and then um more recently to i guess co-sign your uh, learning uh comment um you, they did an episode about misogyny and hmm. hip hop. And I really, I, I came in there kind of assuming you'd be on a, like so starkly on one side instead of, you know, trying to see the other side. But it really surprised me seeing Mouse actually, um, I'd say sit in the middle, I guess, and, and absorb everything. I wouldn't, you know, just. Like you, you almost have to, if you want progress, right? If you, if you, because if you just ask me that question, the, 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 the glaring overall answer is hell yes. Misogyny exists in hip hop. Is it what it's based on? No. But does it exist? Yes. Is it prevalent? Yes. Is it destructive? Yes. Does it exist? Yes. Do the women and men both perpetrate it? Yes. Yes. That's the answer. Yeah. But now I have to hear both sides. Now I have to hear the detractors and and the 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 those type of niggas that's like no my brother well, you don't understand my brother well what the what you gotta hear them because every I tell you the 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 scariest part about these hotep niggas is they always be almost right that's the scariest part about these niggas the scariest part about the niggas that look to detract us from embracing everyone is that there is almost always some truth in what they're saying. So you gotta listen so you can pull that part out and be like, all right, now that other bullshit gotta go, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like I did that with my brother Carl a few times on that episode. Um, but then you also have to hear the women. You also gotta hear the women who are living it, right? And you gotta understand like, okay, well, am I fighting so hard to say there is misogyny that I am overlooking your autonomy and your ownership and your 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 agency to discussing this right i was watching deaf comedy jam the other day um because that's that's literally if there's no martin no bernie mac no angie martinez i don't exist right so i'm always watching old um deaf comedy jam on clip uh, uh uh on amazon just to watch the way martin controlled that stage and hosted and you know i i, I would like to, i would like to to think that you know that is prevalent when i'm on stage um but i was watching it and I remember uh, Adele Givens, who had the most um, appearances of anyone, male or female, um, on Def Comedy Jam. She said, I could suck a dick, 
but it's a problem if I say I suck a dick. Mm. And I was like, and I always, and I, I, I couldn't, I never could verbalize. I'm always like, yo, what is niggas' problem with women? You know, with the whole WAP thing and and just Cardi and, yeah, and yeah. everybody, Sukiana, like. So those are some of my favorite people. Forget women. Those are some of my favorite people in hip hop. Somebody who is unashamed and unafraid to embrace who they are. I love that. Um, so to see this, like to see this visceral kickback from from men and 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 women, I'm like, what? I'm like, wait. So you want a woman that sucks dick, but God forbid if she talks about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I had to hear both sides. So, so um, yeah, I I think if you want true, because I think if y'all watch enough of the show, you see, I always say, okay, I say two things, I point out accountability and when it's missing, and I always ask, what is the solution? If the solution is progress, you have to sit in the middle. You have to sit in the middle, but you also have to sit in the middle more leaning towards the underdog, more leaning towards the oppressed, more leaning towards the underrepresented person. But you gotta sit in that middle because you gotta be willing to hear both because there's truth on both sides. Yeah, that's a fact. That, um, this just reminds me, we were talking the other day about um, being like versatile and kind of like in the things that we talk about, you know what I'm saying? And like, other day you were saying like, oh, someone told you you got like a lot of personality and things like that. Yeah, we were, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about the ability to kind of like, you know, have have like be be in a, be in rooms multiple different type of people and have multiple different type of uh, yeah. uh, you know conversations, be multifaceted. Yeah, yes, got to be multifaceted. Um, you know, kind of like you know, th- this podcast has helped me in that in in that way too. Um, hosting it and like doing it with them and just. You know, we're about to come up on a year. Next month Next month is about to be a year since we started this. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of podcasts that didn't make it six months, two months, right. six episodes. So congratulations. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, yeah, it's about to be a year. And it's like looking, just make, just, just had me think about all the different type of guests that we've had. You know what I'm saying? We've had fellow podcasters. We've had professors. We've had politicians. We've had accountants. You know what I'm saying? We have some of our boys that we used to do, you know, knucklehead stuff with, you know what I'm saying? Who were now, you know, business owners type joint, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, being multifaceted, having those conversations, you know, and I don't know, to, to me, I think that just helps you develop yourself as an overall human, human being. Yeah, all, you, you, all you gotta be a full, I tell people all the time, I'm a full and complete human being. I embrace every part of me, every single part of me. Um, so if you, if you thought I was just some thug nigga, you're wrong. Cause yeah. I'm a thug nigga that love Pokemon, that love wrestling, that love Power Rangers, yeah. that love tattoo art, that love streetwear, that love, um, my queer brothers and sisters that love literature, that love, um, and whatever else, you know, cause I don't know what I'm, if my switch is right here. Okay. I was <laughs> playing Pokemon and Batman before y'all called. <laughs> All right, these niggas about to call. I know I could get, I know I could finish, you know, this gym battle before. Gotta, <laughs> I'm a nigga that love candles. I'm a, I'm a nigga that love skincare. Like I am all of these things and afraid to embrace none. Um, So you, you have to do that or you're doing yourself a disservice and anyone who supports you. Uh, 100%, 100%, that reminds me, 
some post I saw the other day. I don't even remember who said it. I, I, I just want to credit Steve Harvey, but I don't think it was him who actually said it. But it, it was just kind of pretty much saying that, like, you know, like, as a black man, pretty much, like, just tackling the stigma that, like, a lot of black men, like, a lot of our answers to things are either going to be, like, a lot of times growing up in hood, our reply to things like anger, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. we're told, we're told to be upset, told to be like, yo, don't message me, don't, like, type me on you know what I'm saying? And all those, how all those stereotypes can really prevent you from actually loving parts of yourself that you didn't even know type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of just mentioned, like, you like play Pokemon, you love candles, you love wrestling, right? But then, you know, it may not be those things particularly, but some people might be like, for example, candles. I love candles too, right? Like, I, I have like a rainforest. Right yeah, I got like a rainforest this set, oh, like, right here. Got these joints going crazy right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> for That's real, for real, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love my candles, right? But like some people might be like, oh, like you like candles? Yeah, that's good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Or like when it comes to like skincare, skincare you know what I'm saying? I like those taking care of my skin. Those like, niggas I don't like, shit every day, bro. You just got to remember that. Niggas yeah. that think like that don't shit every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like really, think about that. You don't shit every day. So that means literally and figuratively, you are full of shit. <laughs> I shit three to four times a day. Gotta go, yo. It's healthy. That means I'm drinking my water. Yeah. I'm eating properly. <laughs> I don't give a fuck with no nigga who don't shit every day. Say <laughs> to me, yo, you shit today? Nah, bro, that's crazy. I ain't even shit today. <laughs> you are constipated. You need a couple. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that's that's a fact. It's like embracing different parts of you and like. I don't know. We see it all the time. Again, it's like you know, he's a big anime watcher. He put me on to a lot of anime. Just like, see, if know. anime came in English, like naturally, I will watch it. <laughs> I hate, I hate subtitles, yo. Oh, it I can't watch better, bro. I can't watch better. Narcos. I can't watch like anything that is dubbed. I can't get with. That's crazy, yo. Narcos is a really great show. One, I, I believe it. It looks amazing. <laughs> I don't. Like, I read so much that when I watch TV, I don't want to read. Got you. Damn. Everybody different, yo. I don't know. I love it. I'm hurt. I'm not going to argue. Like, I watch, like, I watched, um, I will watch Dragon Ball Z. I will watch that shit. Anything Dragon Ball Z related, if it comes across, I will watch it. Um, I did enjoy Attack on Titan. That's that's really good. But it was dubbed. Um, but I did enjoy the first season. I love, uh, Airbender. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the Legend of Korra, I just started yesterday. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I be trying, yo. Anything that doesn't make me feel like an adult, anything that like does not make me feel like an adult, I super try and get into. But you know, it also battles against you know the shit that I gotta watch for just work and just being, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, well rounded in that. Um, also, I'm a huge true crime buff, so like I'm always like doing like two or three fake investigations on like some type of crime shit. So it's like it's literally it's a lot going on with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, kind of like we were saying, uh, it's pretty much the same conversation we had the other day of just like being able to be in all those rooms and like it's amazing. I mean, for me at least, like I love talking to people, so like. You know, being able to be knowledgeable and like be able to have different conversations, and then kind of like you said, like even when you don't know something, like being able to ask that question, like "Yo, inform me, let me know." Like, yeah. what what are you? Just putting your pride aside too, you know. Just, yeah. yeah. 
to say that like I do not know this, you yeah. know. So I think um, that's a that's a great tip. So I would just say one last thing, like if you could give, um, I guess a tip or like a real piece of advice to the new podcasters, people who are trying to get into that hosting environment, like similar to what you do, content creation, whatever, like, what would you say is like a real key, you know, advice for them who are either started new or like, you know, to be successful? Find your voice. Mm. That's it. Find your voice. Um, I remember when I first started, I just remember everyone being like, yo, what the fuck? Who is like what the fuck? You get what I'm saying? Like, because I wasn't like any other host they seen. I'm more like the nigga that's that that's that that you're like. I'm more like the nigga that you you were just cracking jokes with on the block and he blinking he on stage. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's because people like Tax Stone and people like Charlemagne the God, people like Petey Green, um, showed me that there is space for me to be me yeah not being anyone else not being a cardboard cutout not being and i think the biggest part of that because i didn't go to school i dropped out i dropped out of high school went to the military never went to college never had any formal training i just went and said there was something innate when i seen um when i seen the kid low-key on stage at at the at the first henny palooza i went to i was like i could do that and I could do that better. I, I could do that. Yeah. And then being at other events and watching people host, I'm like, I, I could do that. I, I could definitely do that. That needs to be me. Yeah. And um, I went about it my own way. You know, I get there, I talk shit with the crowd. I, I flirt. I, I like I, I, I talk to the I talk to the niggas and I talk to the women. I talk to everybody. I talk to the the the, the cis het community. I talk to the the queer community that's in the building. I make everybody feel seen, and I enjoy it. It is not a chore to me. And, and and if you can find the part of it that is for you, you'll be fine. Charlemagne has a has a uh has a principle in his um black privilege book called Fuck Your Dreams if they're not your dreams. And forever I had been saying that and just didn't have the verbiage for it. People be like, you're so you you are so evil, you're so rude and all that. Cause I was doing stand-up before and I would tell people, nah, you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, I'll see somebody doing something, ah, you shouldn't be doing that. Niggas would be rapping, ah, why are you rapping? Nah, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, like I remember for like four years, I was just telling every rapper I knew, you suck. Like I rap rap, y'all rap niggas suck. And um people were like, why you gonna do that? And it's like because a lot of these niggas wouldn't be rapping if somebody else wasn't rapping. It's a difference between being inspired by somebody and trying to copy somebody. That's right. Even in the Bible, I don't, I don't know, you know, everybody's uh, uh, religious background, but in the Bible, it speaks about the bag of talents that God gave us, yeah. right? He said to worry about your bag of talents because you can't do what's in the other person's bag. Yeah. And when you're trying to do what's in the other person's bag, I can't bless you. I say this over and over and over again. We always, always, always ask for a blessing, but very rarely do we put ourselves in a place of receipt for those blessings. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if God is saying, or, or whomever you believe yeah. in, if your higher power is saying, I'm going to bless you, I hear you, my nigga, I'm going to bless you. But this is the blessing I have for you. And you're all worried about what somebody else's blessing is. 
you ain't ever gonna get your blessing, and you're gonna be a bitter bitch about it too. You're like, oh yeah, motherfucker, don't fuck with me. Oh, I see niggas. Like, you ever seen niggas that suck at rapping, complaining about not getting support? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the most support someone yeah, yeah, yeah. is by not being supportive of yeah. you being really bad at this thing. Yeah. If you weren't focused on that, you'd be focused on what you're good at. Yeah. Now that reminds me, I forgot somebody I follow again, I don't remember. But they're like, yo, don't follow your, like, especially because I, I heard it in my, and I used to tell people this too, like, yo, follow your passion, follow your passion. And they're like, yo, don't follow your passion, follow, like, what you're good at, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like, it'll be, and they're like, it'll be completely different. And I had to, I kind of had to sit back and think about that too a little bit, because at first I was nah, like, it's supposed to follow your passion. But then sometimes like, yo, sometimes like what you're, what you like isn't necessarily what you're good at. And if you just put right. your energy towards what you're good at, you'll see way more success than necessarily, you know, doing something that you like. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that's to necessarily knock people's passion, but kind of like you said, like, you know, are you rapping because you just like to rap or like, are you actually good at it? Type of, you know what I'm saying? Right. You're not good at it, and but you're better at, say, like, I don't know, writing scripts or something for something else. Like, focus on that, and, like, you're going to do better and be more successful in that than you here, you know, trying to rap because it's cool or it's yeah. a cool thing to do. So that, that made me think about that. But, um, I got, I got a quote. You got nothing. All right. So, um, so before we go to the last segment, we'll do today's our word of the day. You don't got that quote. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Every fucking time. Every fucking that is one game you will not lose. If you play stupid games, you will get a stupid fucking prize every time. And I tell you, the reason I said that quote is because niggas kept playing stupid games with me. And then when they received a stupid fucking prize, I'm this, I'm this hothead, I'm irrational, uh, niggas don't want me in their events. And I'm like, leave me alone. I don't know. I don't know what prize he, what, what stupid game he played. <laughs> I heard that like, two weeks ago when I was setting up my sister's bed. I was crying. I was crying. I didn't mean, listen. <laughs> Look, see, that, I, see, the reason why, see, th- that goes to show you the type of nigga I am. I could have took that off the podcast because the high keys that made me sound like some sadistic murdering ass little kid. Can't even breathe. My cousin. You don't look at your. You you could have a sickly ass cousin like, like hobbling and shit. But when y'all like kids, you don't see that. You're just like that's my cousin. So I punched him in his chest, and the nigga was like, (gasps) and I was like, oh, he about to die. Like. I ain't mean to do that, but he kept playing with me. So well, he I can't it. preach you. <laughs> he got a stupid. See, the thing he didn't say on that podcast, he kept bothering me. <laughs> our other cousin was playing a game of basketball, and because he was younger than us, and, like, obviously we're all adults now, so everybody's sized out. But at the time, he was a lot smaller than us. So we, like, move, little nigga. He got bothered. Wow, punched him. I didn't know he was going to. Listen, that was his stupid prize for the day. 
I'm weak, I'm weak. I like that quote. Play stupid games and get stupid prizes. Every fucking <laughs> teaching moment. For sure, for that's sure. that's the Ryan Leslie Ryan Leslie word of the day. Ryan Leslie, Ryan Leslie word of the day. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, so on the last segment of today's last topic, um, I want to talk about what's going on in the black community. Um, one of the most uh, recent things that's happening. Uh, by the time this drops, uh, this would be probably like a month from now or so, but. From today's date, recording date. Yeah, y'all niggas hold y'all niggas hold on to shit, huh? Uh, we, we just got I mean, we've been putting in some work, bro. So we do think we do same shit I got there. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So um, but from today recording day, yesterday the NBA players did not take the court to Milwaukee Bucks. Um they didn't even walk onto the court or Orlando Magic, they were warming up once they heard that um that Milwaukee will not be playing. I mean, they low-key had no choice but to not play. I mean, they weren't gonna play themselves. But um, you know, as well as the WNBA, um, I saw David had a really powerful statement yesterday. I believe they had, I forgot what team it was, but they had like on the back of their shirts, they spelled out Jacob Blake's name and like gunshot wounds, um, and multiple other WNBA teams. Um, I believe I saw something today, like the MLB, there was like a game that got canceled, like pretty much well. Yeah, all of the Milwaukee, all the Milwaukee teams. Then, all the Milwaukee yeah. teams? Okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, team, the hockey team, and obviously the basketball team. Got you, got you. So, um, so this is this is a brand new topic. Um, I want to know, like, what, what, what's your what's your what's your thoughts on that? On on the boycott? On we'll start from there, cause I get it, man. I yeah. get it. I fucking get it, and I love to see it. And, yeah. and for it to happen on the anniversary of Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, yeah. Yeah. like I love to fucking see it. Yeah. Um, listen. We, we don't have the answers, and I'm not looking to my athletes for those answers. Yeah. But I do appreciate and cherish when the athletes acknowledge that they are more than their job, mm -hmm. and they do acknowledge their blackness and how, and their humanity overall, because there are some um, whites joining in, especially in the WNBA. Um, does not change my outlook on white women. But just saying, um, I do acknowledge it. Um, so I love to see it. I love to see that. And like I tell everybody, these athletes don't have the answer. Playing or not playing is not going to change anything. Um, so for them to risk their livelihood in knowing that, they're, they're, they're in touch. I am, and that's what I feel most proud about, is knowing that the sport that I love the most and the athletes who play it, acknowledge it they acknowledge that they're black and acknowledge that they um they get it and that this could be them yeah 100 um shout out to the wnba because those women especially the black women they have the most to lose and they are the loudest yeah that's a fact as usual, fact. As usual. um naomi osaka she she wrote a statement today that she wasn't going to go play yep uh, like her, her next open and yep. um that was a little bit personal because she's half japanese half asian i'm asian obviously right so nah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that touched me seeing her like her acknowledging her blackness you know what i'm saying because even with her you'll see like they play games like espn and like a lot of these things they'll play games and be like oh like you no know, japanese star or japanese yeah. american they know um, they don't it's like no she's like japanese and asian and like if you in her interviews like she is proud of the fact that like she's Haitian takes that like stand like yo like i grew up in a like she said like i grew up in a haitian household like i grew up speaking creole you know what i'm saying like 
she she's like she's proud of her blackness of the Haitianness, and then like I, I just don't like when like sports pages and stuff like that. I mean, you look at Yannis. Greek freak, he's half Nigerian. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate when they like, they try and pick and choose like what race the. Oh, he, he's all Nigerian, isn't he? He just lived. He he just, I'm pretty sure. He, I think his parents were from Nigeria, but I think he was born in. Yeah, so he's Nigerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Nigerian, yeah. but he's a Greek citizen. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, probably the same for his, all his brothers, too. But, it's, uh, it's just sex here. Yeah, exactly. It's sex here. You know, and I would much rather them say uh, Greek freak than slip up and say nigger on purpose on accident. <laughs> yeah. Like the nigger, I mean Nick Nigerian <laughs> night. <laughs> but for real, yo. Um, but yeah, so like you sport, like you said, like the, the, the I don't I don't expect the athletes to have the answer. Like them not playing a game, or even if they were to not play the rest of the season, like that's not going to end racism, like there, right? Yeah. But like. I do appreciate the fact that like they're they're making a statement. Like people are getting upset, and, and you know when people get upset at their protest, that's how you know it's working. It's working. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Collins Kaepernick took that peaceful protest. All he did was take a knee, and people were tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. And then when it comes to, like the you know the, the the protests in the street now, they're asking us oh to be peaceful, and it's like yo, like we, we tried the peaceful protest in the fourth. Like now, uh, he, he didn't like the answer. Like when we went out to the streets, we don't like the answer. You know, now we're not playing a game, and like some people, like they they know though the the players should be keeping politics into the I mean, social you know social topics away from sports. Like oh, like they that affects them too. That is a privilege. They're making money. Like that doesn't that has nothing to do with or they they can't. That is a privilege that only white people have. Yeah, white people fact. say that, but wear um, MAGA hats. White people say that and have bumper stickers. First of all. I don't trust anybody that has a bumper sticker, white, black, or indifferent. <laughs> are too committed to whatever. Like, no, I mean, that's a fact. Yeah. You can't take it off. Whatever you put yeah. on it, you can't take it off the car. Ride with this. Like, <laughs> like, my mom has bumper stickers from when my sisters were on the honor roll. Those kids ain't even in, in high school no more. There's no more honor roll. Like that. I. So if you are wearing, you got bumper stickers for Trump and. Whoever, if you got bump sticks for Obama, I'm looking at you weird. Like you are. Are you that good? Strongly about yeah. that. You know? <laughs> are you sure? Like there's no taking that off. Like, <laughs> like, this car is gonna get sold one day with that Obama. Exactly. Can't sell it. It's clear. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think willing to like lose your money for the day. Like they're, they're rich. Like the money's not even that big. Like, they don't play one. Uh, and money not an issue to us. They're, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there are some players who, who, no, no, I'm talking about even the rich ones. Like, they yeah. have a certain level of lifestyle. Yeah. So every dollar still counts because it's going towards something. Yeah. Um, so I would never say, oh, they're like, nah, I still, listen, willing to lose your money, your livelihood. I, I acknowledge it and I, I, I support it 1000%. That's true, that's true, because that's true. Because not everyone. That's even for, that's even for the, there are people who live, who, who NBA players live in paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't, you know. That's even for, but I, I respect that on either side. Yeah. Even on the other side, I respect that on the racist side. I, I don't, I hate a, I hate a quiet racist pussy. Stand tall. No, no, that's a fact. No, I, I, don't, don't, I go off that. that. No, 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 I, 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 I hear that all the time. Say it because we're from New York, but like we moved out here to Virginia, and I'm like, yo, like I'd what rather. Part of Virginia, like, what part of Virginia, y'all in? Uh, Norfolk, Southern Virginia. Oh, well, yeah. See, look, I used to run it up out there. 
Okay. When I, I was stationed out there when I was in the military. Okay. That I, used makes sense. Cut, I used to cut hair at Capital Cuts. Yo, that's my barber. That's where I go right yeah, now. Absolutely. Which one? You go to the one in Park Place or the one across from NSU? Park, Park Place. Park Place. Tell Rick when you get there. When you get there, next time you go there, tell Rick I said what up. I bet. Tell Rick New York said what up. <laughs> For sure, bro. Yeah. Yo, my boy Ant. I don't know if he was there when he was back there, but my boy Ant, he does my hair. Uh, he cuts me up over there. He, he young? Nah, uh, kind of. probably like thirties from New York, like big dude, Jamaican. Yeah. Jamaican. Oh, nah, nah. He wasn't there when I was there. It was me. It was Rick. It was Gerald, it was LaCorey, it was Brandon, and it was this. That's probably some of the older heads, because yeah. only, I've only been there going like a year, so. Yeah, I think, nah, Brandon got his own shop, LaCorey is in Cali, Gerald might still be there. Old head nigga with, not old head, but yeah, he a, he a little older, Um, with dreads, um, probably the nicest in the shop, so. Maybe. I'll have to ask around because a lot of the uh, what you would call it, a lot of the barbers there are kind of younger now. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, they, they all. Like, and I think he's been there for like two years. Oh, yeah. Years. See, I was there. I was down there. Oh, eight. So I was there from oh seven to two thousand ten. Okay, yeah. So most of those people probably left because everyone there looks looks fairly younger. But yeah, man, that's my shop. They line me up. That shout out to Capital. <laughs> <laughs> So when you go there, when you go there next time, tell Rick New York, say what up. He gonna go, he gonna go crazy. That's what's up. That's what's up. Look at that. Look at that small world. Um, I, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, closet racist. Yeah, closet. So I'm saying, like, I rather the openly racist people, like, you know, I rather hear from you because to be honest, it's like at least I know you racist. But in New York, exactly. you get a lot of like undercover racism. Like, I don't like that. You know, what I mean, it's like say what you test. If you really feel a certain way. Like be be out with it, and that's something that I ironically, I guess, ironically, whatever. Like that's what I kind of liked about a lot of the protests and stuff that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Is that it's really been separating and showing kind of like what side that you're on, especially right after the George Floyd revolution and and, and protests and people making right with all that. But like it really showed you kind of like what side that you're on, and it's like it makes me easier because like oh yes he's racist, yeah. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like no way he's racist. Now let me stay away yeah. instead of you know you know looking like oh is he cool is he not cool? And then knowing that finding out later that like nah he never right. back, but yeah. like you know something like that. So for real, I like that. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> let, let me know from the job how you really let feel. me know off rip what what type of team you on, but. Yeah, man. So let me know my blackness pisses me off yeah. so I could flaunt it. Yeah, right. <laughs> let me know so I could be more black. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll come back with my do rag. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna spin the block. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, on, on the overall, I guess on the overall topic of police brutality, I think we were just talking about this like a little bit today or yesterday. So like, I don't know. Like for me, I was just saying like. It's, it's 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 to me it's just crazy how police brutality becomes like a political topic. Like to me, like I don't understand how. Like if if you have any sort of empathy as a human being, like if you see a video of a dude getting shot seven times in his back, like I don't care. Like you have to have some sort of sympathy, some sort of empathy. Like it, to me, I don't like I just don't understand how it has to do with your political point of view, and that's what just gets me upset. It's like what is political about this? You know what I'm saying? Like. Well, well, okay. So, I mean, obviously it all comes back to, to white privilege, right? Obviously. So white privilege manifests itself differently. So if you were to put yourself in the feet, in, in, in the shoes 
of, of a white person, one, they would be ugly. Um, two, they probably gonna stink because I be seeing white people wear their shoes without socks. <laughs> we know they don't be washing their feet. We know that they just let the water down, right? But uh, on a serious level, um, if you look at it, white privilege has painted this country. So they had their privilege allows them to look at the police as somebody who is a part of a system that works. So when they see the police who they view as always doing their job, then anything they do will be deemed or registered as right and just. Mm -hmm. They can't believe, they can't fathom that the police is truly a system and byproduct of slave patrols, a system of, of, of mass incarceration, a system of genocide, a system of, uh, of, of population control. They can't fathom that because for their whiteness, the police, the police, the system of policing that has been indoctrinated to within the United States has done its job for them. They can't see it, yeah. right? Now, they can't see it for one simple reason. They don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. Because okay. that, that would shake the very core of their life. They will have to acknowledge just how regular and how undeserving they truly are. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. So what happens? He should have... Uh, he 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 should have uh, he he shouldn't have been walking away. I mean I mean I get in. Ugh, the police officers are just doing their job. Can you imagine going into no? I don't. I shouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing, nothing in that book, nothing in the use of force uh, uh, paradigm does anything short of a direct act of aggression that would endanger your life as a police officer or the lives of others around. Imminent danger is what it says. Anything short of that should result in a firearm being discharged. But the system is not broken. This is not a broken system of policing. This is exactly what it was made for. Is exactly how it was designed. It is doing its job. Right. So um, that makes me think of two things. Obviously, no one has the answer, right? But you asked, you said yourself. No, no, no. we yeah. have the answer. So, so let me ask you because you said this, you know, earlier that you're, you're, what do you like to say? So, what is the solution? So, let me ask you that. And who has to take accountability in the solution? The white people. <laughs> who has to take accountability what, what what do we have to take accountability for yeah black people we have to take accountability for our communities we have to take accountability for each other we have to stop being so willing to record and start willing start being willing to protect they don't mess with the hasidic jewish community because they will put their bodies on the line they will die over what's there they don't they tend not to mess with white neighborhoods because there's a reason why in the beginning of this pandemic, why white people can go against the government, 
for trying to save their lives over this mask and over these mandates, these stay-at-home mandates. There's a reason why white people were able to show up with weapons and standing police face and yelling police face and 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 endanger the police lives, not not just with a gun, but with the the the, the possibility of catching this dangerous um um COVID nineteen. Yeah. There's a reason why white privilege. We can't do that. We can't do that shit. You see how they were doing us in New York? Niggas was getting their neck stomped on for not having a mask on. White people was getting high fives. Yeah. Getting half mask handed to them. Yeah, It's funny how police yeah. it's funny how the 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 it's funny how the function of policing is different based on the color of your skin. 100%. So we as black people have to stop. We gotta stop being so quick to record that shit. And being so quick, and we need to be quicker to defend it. After a while, motherfuckers is gonna stop bothering people. After a while, they did that with the Italians. They did that with the Italians. Why do you think the Italians, the mob, was able to infiltrate the way it was? Because there was already a respect for the community as Italians in New York because of their willingness to fight for each other. Now, that is not all our fault. No other race of people have been broken up and segregated um, as the black community. Um, So I, I do not ask any black people to overlook that, but I do say, hey, I get it. Some of us is Jamaican, some of us come from slaves, some of us, well, technically all of us come from slaves. Um, some of us just got our freedom at different times and in different parts of the world. But at the end of the day, we are all black. And we should want to see that personified. We should, we should want to see that perpetuated. We, see, we, should, we should want to see that continued. And if they keep killing us, it's not going to be continued. Yeah. So. That's what we have to do. That's all we have to do is take accountability for ourselves. Um, stop, stop looking for a reason to throw people away. Stop looking for a reason to throw undeserving people or deserving people away, right? So what am I saying? Yeah, I was gonna say, are you are you speaking about cancel culture or? No, 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 no fuck that. Um, that that I mean, I don't cancel culture. We could. That's. A, I feel like you know we'd be here for another two hours if I. I went. <laughs> Um, but what I, what I do mean is, I mean, the cancel culture that, that has existed as a byproduct of toxic masculinity and black patriarchy. So what does that mean? We'd be trying to cancel people for being gay. We'd be trying to cancel for be, people for being queer. We'd be trying to cancel women for being too loud, too proud. Stop that shit. Stop it. Just, just stop. It's that simple. Stop that shit. Everybody get together. So that way we can really focus on the problem. And that does not mean to tell. So when I say everybody get together, we get together from the bottom up. Even within being segregated, even within being um, oppressed, there is still a totem pole in this oppression. And we as cishet black men sit atop it. So it's our job to be accountable and make room for those at the bottom, the black women, black gay women, trans black men, trans black women, 
You get what I'm saying? Sex workers, our strippers, everybody that tend to um, do a service or benefit us at the top, but then we be like, oh, back up. No, 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 we gotta make space for everybody. You will not know true liberation until everyone is liberated. You gotta ask yourself, do you want true liberation for all black people or do you want access to white privilege? Then we, that's what black people have to take accountability for. White people just gotta stop your shit. Just gotta stop your shit. Or once we do start taking accountability for shit, we gonna start taking it from y'all either way. So they have a choice. They have a choice. I hear that, I hear that. Well, I mean, just to add on, I guess, you know, white people stop gaslighting for the most part, stop gaslighting everything. You saw what happened. Um, I, don't, I didn't have Wi-Fi the last two days, so I don't know. Is it Kenosha? Yeah, Kenosha. Kenosha? Yeah, you saw what happened with him. Um, and then you compare it to, uh, is it Tamir? Tamir Rice? Tamir Rice, see what happened to him. You know, he was 12, had a fake gun, and then him walked, like, literally right before it happened, he had his AR-15 out, and his buddy buddy with cops, two cops, and then then left and went and shot into a crowd and killed two people and walked off. You know, no, no guns were pulled on him, nothing happened. He just literally was arrested normally. As far as I know, that's what I see. I think I think he went. I, I think he oh, ran. I heard, back, he, I heard I, him go back to Illinois. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't run. He went home. He went, he went home. home. Yeah, there you go. Illinois. Yeah, and I think he turned himself in or something like. Turned himself in. But like, you know, and it, it it's crazy because if you're black, you're not getting that far. Period. What? You're not getting that far. Period. Black with an AR-15. And, and, and Elsa, Wisconsin. Yeah, you're getting during those riots. Yeah. <laughs> you are a rest in peace shirt. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. And and it's it's crazy because it's like, yo, like after after Jacob Blake got shot, you know, and I, I hate that this happens. Every time that there's a you know, there's a there's a victim, the first thing to do is that all these news outlets all of a sudden want to go dig into their past and be like, Oh yeah, he had a charge for this, he had a charge for that. Oh, you could have done this. And it's like, yo, like the police officer and no one knows all this stuff like in the middle of the act. So trying to, you know, say like, oh, why are you trying to defend a criminal? You know, like he had a, he had a, he got arrested for like domestic violence. Like, okay, like that's in his past. Like that has nothing to do with, you know, what, what the police were actioning at the moment, right? But then you go ahead and then you go look at, I don't know the name of the, uh, of the dude who's shooting people, but you go look at this incident. Yeah. And uh, the police chief, bro, the police chief, like they had a statement today and they're like, like the way that he, he was verbing it, he was like, yeah, he's just an individual who had a weapon at the time and was trying to defend himself and it resulted in, you know, two people are dead. No, no use of the word thug, no use of like, you know. No, oh, no, the fact that the, the weapon, like it was, he was underage for having the weapon, yeah. he carried it into a different state, like open fire, like, you know, it, it's just that narrative that it's, it's just, it, it's, it's just so ingrained in the sense of like how you even portray, you know, these, these victims. And I, I don't know, like I, I can't continue. It makes my head hot, yeah. you know, just, just seeing how, just seeing how, you know, that they're portrayed in the media, like, 
like when, when it's the black person, you know what I'm saying, like walking away to his car, all of a sudden now you want to go pull up his book of records, but then when it's like this white kid who did something, now everybody, like now these white folks want to like, take his person, side. Now, now like he's, he's a hero, yeah. he's a patriot, like or you know, defending yeah. people, like people, like you'll self-defense, people trying to defend their businesses and their property, like, no. No, no. <laughs> like, no. It's not it. It's not it. But and I guess uh, as for black people, like Nas said, you know, we gotta do better and as a community, as a community, and you know, happy birthday to him, and you know, rest in power. But happy birthday, all over to him. Happy birthday. But uh, yeah, we gotta do better. Just she says it all. So surprise, my piece. And on that note, I think we're about to conclude. Are there any final points you want to make, Mr. Jones? Edom, any? Questions, comments, you want to say to the people? Love at, love, love your fellow black person, man. Unless they rapist or, or some weird shit, but love your fellow black person, man. That's it. That's really it, man. There's nothing, there's no there's no $10 word to replace that. That's a fact. All right, so Leslie word of the day for that. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, how can people find you, Miles Jones, if they want to find you on like social media? Um, I've probably been a guest on your favorite podcast, um, including this one right here. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Mouse Jones. Um, uh, Guys Next Door every Monday, quarantine nightly. Um, that is on all streaming platforms, just as Guys Next Door. Um, and yeah, got uh, Mouse Jones. Uh, well, I think that's pretty. That's it. I be forgetting. I be forgetting. <laughs> Follow Instagram or Twitter. You'll see it. I be forgetting. Got you, got you. So thank you again very much. Thank you very much for coming on today's episode. I learned a lot. That's what you said. It's good to make sure people see you learn. So I definitely learned a lot. It was great engagement conversations. So I want to thank you guys for taking time out on today's episode. Um, Make sure you tune in on all platforms. That's it. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.